Umagyanatimurandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chaksurum Militam Yenatasmai Sigurave Namam Ajanulam Bhato Bhujo Kanakabodato Sankitanaika Pitaro Kamalaya Takso Vishvambaro Dvijavaro Yugadhanma Palo Pande Jagat Priyakaro Karunabhutaro Se Gauri Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai Isi Bhakti Vinanta Sami Prabhupada ki jai Bhakti Rakshak Siddhadev Goswami Maharaj ki jai Sila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur Prabhupada ki jai Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami Mahasaya ki jai Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai so we're discussing from the Adili Love Chaitanya Charitamrita. In the last class, we give an overview of the entire Adili and we discussed briefly the Mangala Charan of Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, consisting of fourteen verses, which the bulk of the Adili is an elaboration upon. And as mentioned, after elaborating on the significance of his 14-verse Mangalacharan found in the first chapter to Hari Lela. Kaviraj Goswami tells his own story, the history of his writing Chaitanya Charitamrita. He describes then the figurative tree of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the fruits of love of God and the branches of so many devotees in chapters 10, 11, 12. And then... We have the philosophical foundation, we have all the players for the drama, and Gorlila begins the advent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Kumar Lila, Pogonda Lila, Kishore Lila, and Mahaprabhu's sannyas, taking us to Jovana and Madhilila. So we should study all these things. Chaitanya Charitamrita, Srimad Bhagavatam. And especially 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Bhagavad Gita, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. That's all you have to know. <laughs> In order to know those books, and it will be helpful to study other books which explain those books and help us to find all the beautiful gems that are contained within there. I know I study these books, these editions of these books given by our Guru Maharaj, and subsequently I studied so many other Gaudiya books, whatever I could find. All comes back to these books. <laughs> so if you know all that, then you can be content going over and over again Chaitanya Charitamrita, Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhakti Sindhu, Bhagavad Gita. So after the 14 verses of is Mangal Charn, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami offers his obeisances to three deities of Vrindavan. He says, Jayatam Surato Pangol Mamamandu Matayagati Matsarvasva Padambo Radha Madana Mohano. Madan Mohan, the deity of Sanatana Goswami Prabhu, was actually worshipped previously by Advaita Charja. Later came under the charge of Sanatana Goswami and you can go to the Madan Mohan Temple, old Madan Mohan Temple. See what a beautiful setting that is. If you go up the stairs, 
you come to the top of what used to be a cliff overlooking the Jamuna. The old Jamuna riverbed is there. Now it is part of the Parkram Trail around Vrindavan. But if you stand up there and look out over the plains and see the Jamuna and see where Jamuna used to flow, you can understand that Sanatana Goswami Prabhu had a very serene idea of where to put his ashram, a very peaceful place for remembering Krishna. We should try to find a conducive atmosphere to do our bhajan. Of course, in the modern age, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he went into the cities. He was questioned, even by his Gurudev, Gorkhatros Babaji Maharaj, why he would want to do anything in the land of Maya, known as Calcutta, outside of the Dham, Sri Dham Mayapur, Navadvip Dham. But he had a big idea for preaching, and he reasoned that the power of Kirtan was such that wherever one would go with that kirtan, it could transform that place, and one would be protected and safe within that kirtan. It is said in English in the United States in relation to the sports events, it's probably said other places also, but that's where I remember hearing it as a young man, that uh, the best defense is a good offense. So this was something that somewhat characterized the idea of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, to be on the offense against Maya, preaching, making a big campaign to try to capture the whole world for Krishna and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he reasoned that in trying to do that, hopefully at least your own mind will be captured, because it's quite a task how to do that, how to be successful in that. And he recommended this rather than going and sitting in a quiet place in the jungle just to chant Hare Krishna, because he saw from his own experience that most people that did that who weren't qualified to do that, their minds got the best of them, and they ended up making a poor misrepresentation of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So we have to balance these two things. Sanatana Prabhu found a beautiful and serene place. All of Vrindavan must have been very quiet and peaceful at that time, 500 years ago, and in the context of that even, such a beautiful place he found for doing bhajan. But while he was doing bhajan, Sanatana Goswami, other Goswamis, they were writing the Bhakti Shastras for us as well. They're our Shastra Gurus and the kind of Shikshu Guru. So we in the Gaudiya Saraswat Sampradaya, we have some obligation to preach because it is a Gostyanandi line primarily, so we feel some obligation for that, having been preached too as everybody is, to come to this, but in such a big way, with such a great effort, by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, our Guru Maharaj. But we should know that the fruit of our preaching, we should look for some fruit. The fruit should be our own purification. We should go for preaching with this in mind, that I might find someone who can help me to go back to Godhead. Many years ago, I was in Iskon Temple, in Chicago, a big city, the devotees were out on Harinam Sankirtan. They returned and I greeted them in the lobby. And along with them was a man about my age who looked a bit disheveled, long hair and a beard. And I took a look at him and before I could say anything, one of the devotees in the Sankirtan party came up to me and explained 
This guy followed us back to the temple. Like, as if to say, we don't know what he's about. I took one other look at him and we embraced one another. He paid his obeisances to me and I to him. He was my godbrother. One week later, he was leading the Sankirtan party out every day on the streets of Chicago. He became the leader of the new bhaktas. Somehow, he had gotten distracted. Bad association. But he heard the Harinam Sankirtan. And he came back. So who knows who's out there? <laughs> We're not going in one sense to conquer the world, but to conquer our heart, to conquer our mind, the world is indeed in our mind. The world that we live in, world of goods and bads, happies and sads. It's all a product of our senses relaying information to the mind which accepts and rejects, accepts and rejects, and the mind's wedding to the senses. And we live in that small world. It's very, very uncomfortable. At the same time, we want to bring everybody else, the whole world, inside of it. Even though we don't even fit within it comfortably, we want to bring the whole world in and expect them to be comfortable. So we want to come out of our mind, small mind. This is the beginning idea. When we stay in the mind, we are allowed the illusion of thinking that we're significant and important. And when we come out of the mind, we realize how insignificant we are, but how comforting it is to know he who is actually significant and he who, by connection with the Supreme Godhead, Krishna, our life takes on meaning. So we should go for preaching in our Gaudiya Saraswat Sampradaya, but we should keep this in mind. We want the fruit of our own purification, and the overflow of that, that is preaching. I used to live in Los Angeles in the temple at Prabhupada called Nudwarka. I was about 22 years old at that time, and Every morning I would go to the program and then I would take prasadam and then I would go and stand in front of the deity and I would chant japa until I got very inspired. And then I would go out into the streets and talk to people about what I was feeling, what I had read, what was in the books. Preaching is an overflow of our own enthusiasm, our own realization in one sense and preaching is further for our own further development and purification. So we should look for some fruits, purification of heart, and as that develops, then we can sit down in a quiet place and remember Krishna. It's possible. So we should make the balance between these two. Nowadays, we hear extremes on one side or the other. People talk about preaching and emphasizing this, as if to say, the bhajan life that is maya. And then people emphasize the other side. Why are you not doing the bhajan 64 rounds and wasting your time in the, just the beginning stage of preaching? <laughs> so we should have a balanced outlook about these things. There's no need to stop preaching. And at some time, we can combine that kirtan with smarnam as the heart becomes purified. So Sanatana Goswami Prabhu had a beautiful place. You can go there and see. For doing his bhajan and writing his books. There he worshipped Madan Mohan. This is the deity that Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami came before in Vrindavan, having gotten the order to go to Vrindavan by Nityananda Prabhu personally. 
He rejected his own family because his family could not appreciate the glory of Nityananda. Nitaiprabhu appeared in a dream and gave him all accommodations. He left his home. He had no place to stay. And Nitai gave him residence in Vrindavan. We should have some courage like this to leave behind those things that are not favorable for spiritual culture. The Swarup Shakti is not blind. If the Swarup Shakti is blind, then it's the kind of blindness that a mother has who calls her son, blind son, Padmalochan. Padmalochan means lotus-eyed. So if a mother has a son who's blind and she names him Padmalochan, she's blind to his blindness. So the Swarup Shakti is all conscious, but blind in one sense to our inherent defect, our tendency towards Maya, our capacity to move on this side. And if the Swarup, if we engage ourselves in such a way, sincerely, as Prabhupada used to say, not trying to see God, but acting in such a way as God will want to see us, then we will not go unnoticed by the Swarup Shakti. Srupa Shakti will want to collect us up and draw us in, make a place for us. Try to be a good devotee, not a great devotee. That is the idea. Simple, honest, good devotee. Krishna Kaviraj Goswami had this kind of, shows this kind of mentality. And when he was prepared to reject that which is unfavorable, to his devotional culture, which happened to be his own family at that time. In a big way, the Lord embraced him and brought him in. He came to Vrindavan at the shelter of Madan Mohan. And as he tells in the 8th chapter, Madan Mohanji gave him the garland and all the Vaishnavas, their blessing, imploring him to write on the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And that is the book we have, Chaitanya Charitamrita. So here, after his Mangalacharan, he offers his obeisances to Madan Mohan. What does he say? Jayatam Suratopango. He says, Jai, all glory. Jayatam Suratopango. All glory to the most merciful. Surata. It means who's most merciful and who's comative. Absorbed in conjugal love. The transcendental Cupid. Comative. He says, Jayatam Suratopango Mamamanda. Two things. Glory to Madan Mohan, the all-merciful, Lord of conjugal love, the transcendental Cupid. I, Pongo, Mamamanda. I'm lame and ill-advised. So two things, body and the mental realm, he's speaking of. So he says, Chayatam Surato Pongo Mamamanda Mateagati. If we want to take shelter of Manan Mohan, then karma and gyan, that should be taken out of the heart. In the realm of karma, we are like a lame person, trying to move, but not getting anywhere. When we move in the realm of karma, we only incur debt. Just like if you borrow money from the bank, it appears that you've got some bank balance, but actually you've only got a debt. And when you add the interest as well, then you've gone into negative numbers. So movement in the realm of karma is moving in the negative, not going forward. 
in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna advises like this, they go up, they come down. They go up, they come down. One should avoid this. That means going nowhere. Realm of exploitation, in the language of Sridhar Maharaj, where everyone's on the take. Hunters and the hunted. As much as we are on the take is as much as we are absorbed in the bodily conception of life because body imposes artificial demands upon the soul. We think we have to eat to live. We feel that our very existence is threatened in this plane of experience. So, we have to strike out. We have to defend ourselves. So as much as we are identified with the body, we have to be on the take. We cannot be a giver. Therefore, what is our capacity to love in this condition? We should have a heart for human suffering. But we can also have a chuckle about it from time to time as well. If we can't have a chuckle, that means we don't understand Vedanta. And if we don't understand Vedanta, just a sentimental heart, that will not take us very far in terms of real love. Real love arises out of a platform of transcendental knowledge. That doesn't mean that the self-realized soul has no heart for the human condition. He's not a hard-hearted person. But one, material compassion is the shadow of actual compassion based on knowledge of the soul. One time one of my godbrothers, standing in Calcutta on the temple on the roof, looked down and saw some beggars there. And Prabhupada was there and he turned to Prabhupada and he said, Do you know Prabhupada? Sometimes I feel sorry for these people. He was kind of apologizing for being sentimental because after all it's just their bad karma and Prabhupada turned to him and said why only sometimes <laughs> so who has real compassion based on self-realization is not insensitive to the human condition he may be a preacher she may be a preacher and try to do the parupakar the highest welfare work but if in the context of doing that we can help on some other level and ease the suffering of others, then we should try to do that. So, plane of karma, plane of exploitation is represented by this word, pangor, lame. And ill-advised means we are ill-advised to move away from the plane of karma and exploitation to do nothing. We are ill-advised to try to escape from the jail and not undergo the process of reform that the prison is meant to offer us. If you escape from the jailhouse, you are free, apparently, but you have to live with the apprehension that you will be apprehended at any time. So ill-advised means like this. When we see the futility of material engagement, the plane of exploitation, we want to stop work. Do nothing. Shanti, shanti, shanti. We want to get out of the prison house of Durga, but we don't want to acknowledge who is the proprietor, what is the actual government. We deny the government. There is no government. I am the government. <laughs> I will take the law into my own hands. I will escape. And so many attempts are there for mukti, for liberation. Rupa Goswami says, get these two desires, 
bhukti mukti for material enjoyment and liberation out of your heart. They're like witches that come to haunt the soul. And when we're haunted by someone else, then we can't know our real position. So, gyan karmadi anavritam. We should know these things. This is Sambandha Gyan. And Madan Mohanji is the deity of Sambandha Gyan. So, first of the three deities of Vrindavan, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami offers his obeisances. Jayatam Surato Pango Mamamandu Matayakati Matsarvasva Padam Bojo Radha Madano Mohano. In this chapter, after this Mangal Charn and the glorification of the principal deities of Vrindavan, as we discussed the other day, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami will explain his, he'll offer obeisances to his readers, he'll ask them to please pay attention, he'll glorify the Goswamis, and he will begin to explain the first verse of his Mangalacharan. And he will give first a basic overview of the six principles mentioned there, and then he will start to explain each one in some detail. What is the first? Vande Gurun. I offer my obeisances to my gurus. So here, Madan Mohanji is the deity he mentions first, and this deity corresponds with Diksha Guru and Sambandha Gyan. Diksha Guru is the one who establishes our relationship with Krishna by Diksha. Diksha is that process through which the mantram is conveyed from the heart of the guru to the heart of the disciple and within that mantram is knowledge about the deity and one specific relationship with the deity. So when this is transferred by diksha and then it is augmented by siksha, the deity who represents siksha is discussed next, Divyat Brindaranya Kalpadrumadha Srimad Ratnagara Singhasanastho Srimad Radha Srila Govinda Devo Prastalibi Sevimanos Marami. Govinda Dev. Sanatana Goswami Prabhu established Maran Mohanji. His writing is principally giving the Sambandha. Brihat Bhagavatamrita is there. The first book of our Sampradaya. He's giving the Sambandha. Rupa Goswami giving Abhideya, the means. Sadhana. Bhaktirasamrita Sindhu, Ujpal Nilmani, these books. Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami will explain it. Both of these, the Diksha Guru, Siksha Guru, are equal manifestations of the Supreme Lord. Diksha Guru governs over Sambandha Gyan, establishing our relationship with Krishna through the conveyance of mantram, and the Siksha Guru, who can also be the same and usually is as the Diksha Guru, then augments that diksha by so many instructions. If we understand something about the meaning, the significance of the mantra when we chant, we may pay attention more, draw more from that, and so many other advices and instructions given will be helpful to us. A little knowledge, Rupa Goswami says in the beginning, can be useful, and a little detachment Although Gyan and Bhairagi are not Angas of Bhakti, and therefore he says in the next verse, but too much Gyan and too much Bhairagya, they will take us away from Bhakti. So a little knowledge, Sambandha Gyan. Gobindaji is the deity of Rupa Goswami, 
and the deity that presides over this siksha. He says, in the temple of jewels in Vrindavan, underneath the desire trees, you see Radha Govinda, served by the most confidential associates, sit on an effulgent throne. I offer my humble obeisances unto them. These two and the third one to come next are, of course, very, very important and famous verses in Gaudiya Sampradaya. This one here is a very nice mantra for Mantra Mayi Upasana. To meditate on, envision, visualize the seat of Radha and Krishna. Underneath Kalpadruma, desire tree, on a throne, surrounded by their sakis, prestalibi sevyamanos marami. So, advanced devotees, they engage in this Mantra Mayi Upasana. And as they become perfect in that, it turns to Swarasiki. It goes from one pastime to another, to another, to another. Taking that means one pastime or one pose of the Lord. And typically it is this Yogapit. Meditating upon that with the aid of a mantram eventually will turn into like the flowing of a river. So you should know this verse. Very nice verse. Govinda Dev. And Sriman Rasa Rasaram Bi Vangzi Vatatatastita Karshan Venu Sanar Gopi Gopinata Sriyastuna. Sri Srila Gopinath, who originated the transcendental mellow of the Rasa dance, stands on the shore of Vamsivat and attracts the attention of the cowherd damsels with the sound of his celebrated flute. May they all confer upon us their benediction. So Gopinath means the Prayojan Tattva. So Sambandha Abhideya Prayojana are represented in these three verses. Bhaktivinotaka made a nice book Bhagavad Akamarichi Nimal. In the end, he says, Surup Damodar Goswami appeared before me and asked me to write this book. So, under his guidance, I'm doing so. And taking the 1,000 verses of Srimad Bhagavatam and categorizing them according to Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojana. It's a very nice book. Mahaprabhu speaks about these three divisions in Banaris when he defeats Prakasananda Saraswati. There he's explaining Vedanta. So here are the presiding deities of these three who are here in Vrindavan are introduced in Chaitanya Charitamrita. These three deities have been manifest under the... or at the time of the grandson of Lord Krishna, Vajranabha. And while the deity was being manifest, then he was asked having had some direct experience of what Krishna looked like, <laughs> whatever that means, it's a subjective eye, but anyway, he was asked, and uh, so it is said that Madan Mohan up to the waist was perfect, and Govindaji was perfect from the waist up to the neck, and then from the shoulders up, Gopinath. So again, we have Sambandha, the legs to stand on, Abhideya includes the arms, the means to go forward, and Prayojan, the smiling face of Krishna. So you can, now you're in Vrindavan, you can go and have darshan of these deities. Of course, the original deities have all been moved. Madan Mohanji to Karoli, and Govindaji and Gopinath are there in Jaipur. When the Muslims attacked, then arrangement was made and the deities were smuggled to Rajasthan under the protection of Jai Singh, who is a strong Chatriya ruler, 
such that the Muslims could not penetrate his kingdom. Many years later, it is said that the inhabitants of Vrindavan asked for Govindaji to return now that everything was safe. The king said, he can come. I have no objection. But I cannot ask him to leave my house. So when he says, I want to go, then I will certainly escort him back. In this way, he was very clever. He defeated the inhabitants of Vrindavan. Govindaji is still there in Jaipur. So Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami offers his obeisances to these deities and he was there when their worship here in Vrindavan was going on in the grand style with so many Prema Bhaktas tending to them at Govindaji temple. Who was the Pujari? Raghunath Goswami. Can you imagine? What was the nature of his seva? As one person he served the deity day and night cooking, dressing, putting to sleep, waking. And what he could do physically was not enough to satisfy his heart. So in his mind, he was increasing the offerings, making them more and more elaborate. It is said in Jaipur, the offering appeared, that in his mind that he offered, appeared before the king. He was told to taste it. <laughs> what kind of prashad is being offered? And thus, these Goswamis, by this kind of worship and their kind of preaching, as I mentioned the other day, they got the patronage of so many kings. So money was given and that temple was to be built. The king came and told the story. Raghunath Bhatt was embarrassed, went to hide. Just a note that this is the nature of the experience. If we get real experience of Krishna consciousness, we will not feel proud to announce that. We will feel like hiding. We will feel so unworthy. It is so wonderful. We will feel so unworthy, so embarrassed. We want to run and hide. Not that we will want to go and announce, Krishna has spoken to me. When I came home one night to the temple in Los Angeles after Sankirtan in New Dwarka many, many years ago, preaching all day, I came into the temple, had the darshan of Lord Jagannath, and Jagannath spoke to me. And I cried and I ran out and hid myself in a van in the parking lot, covered myself with a blanket. To think that such good fortune had come to me, and he danced at Baladev in Subhadra. So Raghunath Bhatt Goswami was embarrassed by that, but Krishna wanted to bring him out. You can imagine what kind of seva was going on, what was the environment, how nicely the deities were taken care of, not only with the best of external paraphernalia, but where their very hearts were on the offering. Gopal Bhatta Goswami's worship was so intense that the Shalagram appeared as Radharamanji. He was going over the discussion of not the Gopi Bhav, tenth canto, but seventh canto, Srimad Bhagavatam, Prahlad Lila, the Shingalila. He was thinking, how fortunate is Prahlad that from stone 
Bhagwan Krishna appeared in such a wonderful form. Actually, the deity of Prahlad is Krishna. If we study Srimad Bhagavatam very carefully, all of the principal speakers and all of the principal questioners, Sukadev, Parikshit, Shonaka, the sages, Prahlad, principal character, Narada, Maitreya, Udhav, their Ishtidevata is Krishna. Prahlad was the devotee of Krishna. Nusringa is a form of Krishna, a wonderful form of Krishna. He appeared out of stone. Gopal Bhatta Goswami was thinking, how fortunate was Prahlad. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told me to go to Vrindavan after the passing of my parents from the world. He was from South India. Epaka Sri Vaishnav converted along with his whole family by Mahaprabhu himself to go to Vaishnavism. Mahaprabhu told him, go to Vrindavan after your parents have passed from the world and live there with Rupa Sanatan. And I will again come and give you my darshan. He was worshipping the Shalagram and thinking, when will I get Mahaprabhu's darshan? Prahlad was so fortunate. That's why he was studying 7th Canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. So I've said we should study 10th Canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. It's true. But we should study 7th Canto and 6th Canto and 5th Canto, all Cantos. And the story of Prahlad in 7th Canto is very, very important for us because this marks the standard of pure bhakti, shuddha bhakti. If we don't understand what is shuddha bhakti, the basic idea of shuddha bhakti, how can we progress in the higher realm? This is the doorway. Prahlad was offered anything he wanted. And who was offering it to him? Bhagavan himself. And if we study Brihat Bhagavatam, Rito Simon Bhagavatam, where this is described, Nisringadev was quite crafty in trying to get Prahlad to take something. And Prahlad resisted at every turn. I don't want anything. I don't want anything. I don't want anything. Na dhanam. Na janam. Na sundarim. This is Ruchi. Defined in a negative way by Mahaprabhu himself. Na dhanam. Na janam. Na sundarim. Kabitamba. Jagadish kamaye. Do you understand? I don't want this, I don't want that. If you don't want followers, if you don't want opposite sex, if you don't want money, you have to want something. You must have some wanting for Krishna. Mahaprabhu said, I want bhakti only. And I'll, I don't even care for Kavita Sundaram. Beautiful poetry, beautiful arts of the world. Fascinating as they are, so refined. Neither freedom from birth and death, Mama Janmani Janmanishvare. So we should study the little of Prahlad, we should think like Gopal Bhatta, Goswami. Some yearning based on deserving. What did Prabhupada used to say first? Deserve, then desire. Don't try to jump ahead. So in Vrindavan at this time, we can imagine what it was like. What kind of Seva Puja was going on, what kind of Sankirtan we can see, what temples were built, the remains of them, what kind of literature was written. At Sanatana Goswami Prabhu's Samadhi, Monday there is a Granta Samadhi. It is said that they buried so many books there that the Goswamis wrote because they were too high. So we only have apparently some 
the lower books that they left for us. Such high topics. So, here after rendering his Mangal Char and Krishna Kaviraj Goswami introduces the three deities of Vrindavan. Then he says, Jai Jai Si Chaitanya Jai Nityananda Jai Dvaita Chandra Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda. This we know the meaning. Eighteen Takur Gudiyake Kuriyachan Asmat Eighteen Ed Charan Bandho Tini Marnath Eighteen Thakur, these three deities, Guriyaki, Kuryachan, Atmasat. This is the heart of the Gaudiyas, Guriyaki. He called our Sampradaya here Gaudiya Sampradaya. A scholar once was making a case to me that it should be Chaitanya Sampradaya, not Gaudiya Sampradaya. He gave many reasons, but he was complaining that people would only think of Bengal. Say Gaudiya Sampradaya, but here we find in Chaitanya Charitamrita this term was used, Gaudiya Sampradaya. In Gaudiya Godadesh, rather than referring to a geographical tract of land in the mundane world, refers to the Dham of the Lord. So he says these three deities, Kodiyachan Atmasat, they've captured the heart of the Gaudiyas. And Eitin Ad Charanvandu, Teen Marnath, I worship their feet. They are my lords, the lords of my heart. Krantera Arambhe Kori Mongola Charan Guru Vaishnav Bhagavan Tiner Smaran In the beginning of this book, this Granta, he says simply by remembering the spiritual master, Guru Vaishnav and Bhagavan, simply by remembering them through my Mongol Charan, I have invoked their benedictions. So he's given a basic description of what is Mongol charm. Tiner smarane hoi vigna vinasa. Anayasa hoi nija vanchita puran. He tells of the power of this. Remembering these three, tiner smarane. Hoi vigna vinas. All difficulties vinas will be destroyed. Anayasa hoi Nija Banchita Purana very easily Anayase Hai Nija one's own Banchita Puran all of one's desires will be fulfilled. Se Mongol Chang Hoi Tribida Prakar Vastu Nidesh Ashirvad Namaskar. He further explains the Mongol Charn as we discussed the other day. My Mongol Charan, my invocation involves three processes Namaskar Vastudnirdesh and Ashirvad. Offering obeisances he did in the first two verses to the six principles. Gurus, devotees, incarnation, expansion, shaktis of the Lord and the Lord himself. Sri Krishna Chaitanya. In a general way. And then specifically, Bande Sri Krishna Chaitanya Nitananda Sohorito Godadai Pushpabanto Chitrosandotumanudo. Obeisances to Gaura Nityananda, who simultaneously appeared like sun and moon to give a benediction to the whole world. And then his last Shloka was what? Yada Dvaitam Brahmapanishadi Apiyasyattanu Bhayatmantaryami Purushoti Sosham Savibhava Sad Aishvarya Purna Saiha Bhagavan Sasayamayam Na Chaitanya Krishna Jagati Paratattvam Paramiha 
The deity is Mahaprabhu of his book. And who is Mahaprabhu? What is the significance of the book? It is this. He is Sadaishvari, the Supreme Lord, full of six opulences. Bhagavan, Swayam Bhagavan. He's that which the Upanishads talk about in a general way as the Tanubha, the glow. He's the Purusha in the heart. And then he gave Ashurabhat Sloka. Benediction. May that Lord, son of Sachi, golden Lord, lion-like Lord, reside in your heart. He who, anarpita charim charat karuna avatina kalo samarpaitam unatojo rasam sabakti sriyam who has come like never before anyone has ever done to give something so wonderful unatojvala rasam sabakti sriyam the highest, brightest jewel of aesthetic rapture and love of God. Widely distribute that. May he reside in your heart. He gives benediction. Then Pratama Dui Shloke Ista Deva Namaskar Samanya Vishesh Rupe Dui Tap Prakar. So he says, in two slokas, I've given the Ishta Devata in his Namaskar. Generally and in particular, in one and two. Then Tritiya Shlokete Kori Vastura Niresh Jahahoite Janipar Tatvera Udesh. In the third Tritiya Sloka, I have given the Vastura Niresh. There I indicate the absolute truth, ultimate Vastu, substance. And with such a description of the absolute, one can visualize the supreme truth. This verse, this Vastura Niresh Shlok, parallels Bhagavatam's verse. Vadanti tat tatvavidas tatvam yad jnanam arvayam brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavan iti shabdate Bhagavatam unfolds in one sense from this verse. As far as tatva goes, other than Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, that one pada, this verse from first canto, describing the nature of the absolute truth as advaigyan tatva, non-dual consciousness, known variously as Brahman, Paramatman, Bhagavan, very important verse. His Vastunadesh verse, it parallels this verse, as you can see from the understanding of it. He's describing the absolute truth as Bhagwan, Paramatma, and Brahman. He's only going one step further. What is that? He's saying, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that substance. That non dual substance, known variously by Gyanis as Brahman, by Yogis as Paramatma, and as Bhagwan by the devotees. And as I mentioned yesterday or the other day, in second chapter he will elaborate on this at some length and demonstrate that Krishna is that supreme truth as Bhagavatam states and that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that same Krishna. Where does it state in Srimad Bhagavatam that Krishna is that Advaigyantatva known variously as Brahman, Paramatman, Bhagavan? <laughs> Study Srimad Bhagavatam. When uh, Krishna was called, all the cowards were disturbed. It was uh, on Shivratri, I believe, just past. They went and in the night taking rest on pilgrimage to what? Ambika. Nanda Maharaj was, before the dawn, he took bath. It was a kadasi, but the time for the paran was so short and he wanted to observe the codicy that he took bath 
at night, which you're not supposed to do. But he felt he couldn't break the paran without taking bath. So, because the codice, as I say, was such that it was such a short period of time, so he was coming like right at sunrise. So he seemed to violate by taking bath at the wrong time, but it was in view of observing the, the codice properly. No fault in Nanda Maharaj. But Varuna's people came and arrested him. Now you think about it. People are bathing at the wrong time all the time, and Varuna's people aren't coming and arresting them. So there must have been something else involved here. Indeed there was. Varuna himself wanted to have the darshan of Nanda Maharaj, and thereby the darshan of Krishna. Wrapped up there in the ropes of Varuna, Nanda Maharaj was in the waters, and the cowherds, men can imagine, their king, the king of the cowherds, was in such a distressful condition, and they called upon whom for help? Krishna, Krishna. And Krishna went in, and he rescued Nanda Maharaj, and Varuna said, Om Namo Bhagavate Brahmane Paramatmane. <laughs> I offer my obeisances to you, who are Bhagavan, Paramatma, and Brahman. Forgive me, I wanted your darshan. So from Bhagavatam we can trace out Krishna is that substance. And Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami is teaching us, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that same Krishna. Then he says, Chaturtha Shlokete Kori Jagate Ashirvad Sarvatra Mogi Krishna Chaitanya Prasad. In the Chaturtha Shlokete, in the fourth shloka, Kori Jagate Ashirvad. I made benediction. I invoked the benediction of the Lord upon the whole world. And for this, we are indebted to Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. When great devotees give a blessing like this, it won't go in vain. Praying to Lord Chaitanya for his mercy upon all. Again, he said, May that lion-like son of Sachi take residence in your heart, conquer your heart. Who lustered like a lion, who preaches like a lion, long arms. He describes him in the third chapter where he explains that verse in great detail. In that verse he says, I have explained the Bhayavatar Karan, the outside reason, the external reason for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent. But in the fifth sloka and the sixth, I've explained the mul prayojan, the principal reason, the root mul reason for his descent. And eight chai shloke kohi chetanya tattva, arpan shloke nitinandero mahatva. In these six verses, I've described the truth about Lord Chaitanya, whereas in the next five, I've described the glories of who? Nityananda. Sangajana Garnato Yashai Garubodishai Tapayubdishai Sheshasayasam Sakalasanityananda Kirama Sharanamastu and then four more verses explaining that verse the glories of Nitai Arduishloki Adweta Tatvakyan Ar Ekshloki Pancha Tatvira Vakyan. What does it mean? Arduishloki and then in two shlokas I've described 
Advaita Tattvakyan, the Tattva of Advaita. And then in one stroke, I described the Panchatattva. We're up to the seventh chapter in terms of his unfolding these, elaborating on these verses. These fourteen verses, therefore, offer auspicious invocations and describe the Supreme Truth. I offer my obeisances now, he says, to all my Vaishnav readers as I begin to explain the intricacies of all these verses. Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami is said in terms of the literature of the Sampradaya to be the example of what? This is a nice example. Later in fifth chapter, he goes so, so far with that, we cannot even listen. He says, I'm lower than Jagai Madai, or fallen than the worm in the stool. Whoever hears my name loses his piety. Whoever chants my name becomes, commits impious acts. Very, very humble. We should take heart from his example. Sakula Vaishnav Shunkori Ekoman. After offering his obeisances to all of us, his readers, for all times, he makes a humble request. How can we deny him, we should think? Sakula Vaishnav Shunkori Ekoman Chaitanya Krishna Shastra Matanirupan. I ask a favor of all of my readers. This one thing, make your mind one. With one-minded attention. Chaitanya Krishna, Shastra. Hear about Krishna Chaitanya. Pay attention to this like nothing else matters in life, he's saying. My narration about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which I will give, along with support from all the Shastra. Shastra Matta Nirupan. So this is the way in which Chaitanya Charitamrita works. He gives Bengali shloka, he makes a point. He tells in one or two slokas, as may be the case, to make a point, and then he gives Shastra Praman. Bhagavatam, primarily, and other Shruti, and Purana, Gita. So if we study Chaitanya Charitamrita, you see it moves in this way. He gives it in simple Bengali language and then about 10%, which are his Pramana verses by which he supports what he said. He's citing the Sanskrit text of the scriptural canon. So we learn from him how to preach. As Prabhupada used to say, we should give scriptural support when we make a statement in spiritual circles. So this is his request. Ek man, one-minded this is Bhagavad Gita. Same idea is given. This is in second chapter. Krishna says, He gave the knowledge of the soul. He went very high, dismissing and ignoring Arjuna's arguments about Dharma. And then he came back down and said, Well, anyway, we have to be practical. So, let's talk about it in terms of Dharma. And then he showed how you will be committing adharma if you don't fight. You're thinking that it will be adharma sin if you fight, but actually if you don't fight it will be adharma. And then he begins 
to instruct him about another kind of dharma, yoga dharma, nishkam karma yoga, leading to bhakti. And in the context of that, he says, this dharma, svalpamapi asya dharma sya prayate mahatobayat. This dharma is so nice that a little svalpi, alpa, a little bit of this will free you from all fear. The implication is, ordinary dharma you can do all day and night. If you make one little mistake, everything goes to hell. And all of that won't bring you self-realization and love of God. But a little effort in this kind of dharma, this yoga dharma, so fruitful. But how will you do this kind of dharma? You have to pay attention. So the humble Krishna that's Kaviraj Goswami is making this kind of request to us. Please, with one mind, full attention, listen to this. And you will know its wonder. This has the power to completely change your heart. We should think how important this is to us. We want to be happy. How happy do we want to be? <laughs> Thrilled at every moment. And how close are we to that? Be honest now. And then you know I have to change. The whole of the latest scripture, Shuddhamash used to say, comes from Om. Om is a big affirmation. Om. Yes. You can have it. What you want in your heart. Happiness. Very encouraging. And then thousands of verses telling us how to get it <laughs> and how much we have to change. But we should be willing and interested, inspired to change. If we just sit for five minutes and think, in all of this busy work of my mind, what do I really want? What am I after? Time is short. What I want is a big thing. How can I get it? This is the shortcut. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the shortcut. So with all of our attention, we should hear Chaitanya Charitamrita. Now we are approaching the Gaurapanima and all this Bhakti Shastra. So, all right, we'll stop there for today. Any question? Yes. The goddess Saraswati must have incarnated on his tongue. The real meaning is this. One who hears my name becomes free from all good karma. One who chants my name can cross over all dharma and tread the path of gopis, which appears to be adharma. Overtly, he says, who hears my name loses his piety. We say, who hears his name is free from all good karma. The burden of good karma. Such a burden it is. It can be. Nice devotee. Father dies. Inherits so much money. And the good karma takes him away. <laughs> I've seen it happen. And he says, whoever chants my name commits bad karma. Sinful acts. So we understand it in this way. Whoever hears his name becomes free from all good karma. Whoever chants his name 
commits sins like gopis and crosses over all dharma. Has the power for sarva dharman pritajamamikam sadhanam raja ahamtam sarva papebhyo moksha ishami masucha. Krishna says, sin and come to me. He says, even if you sin, if it looks like you're sinning, I, it doesn't matter. You come to me, I'm covering for you. That's, of course, how it only appears. Gopis are spotless. So in this way, we have to think of it. Another question? You ask, what did I mean when I said when we preach, we go out to find someone to help us come back to God? It means that we should not go out thinking, I'm going to conquer the world, I'm the master. But I'm serving Krishna and I'm trying to find some devotees out there. And I might find one devotee who's more advanced than me, who can help me. And I should look for that. I want to be helped in Krishna consciousness. I want to advance. I want to get good association. Let me try to find someone. This isn't working very well on me. But if I can touch somebody else with it, then maybe it will catch on and that person can help me and teach me. You should think like that. <laughs> Not I'm going to save everyone. I liberate the world, transform all the demons into my servants, make them new bhaktas, and I'll be their master. Not like that. They will wait on me hand and foot. All right, we'll stop there. See Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai. Guru Vishnu Guru Parampara ki jai. Shri Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai. Bhakti Rakshak Sri Radha Goswami Maharaj ki jai. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada ki jai. Shri Krishna Kabiraj Goswami Mahasaya ki jai. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi.